Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening. Welcome to the airways of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. You're with myself, Muhammad Zain Majid, and the program QA. Unfortunately, we're not taking any questions, or rather, we will not be dealing with any new questions this evening. Uh, the questions that we are dealing with this evening is the questions that were standing on over in our previous program. You're more than welcome to SMS us still this evening on 47913, and of course, uh, those questions we can deal with in our next program inshallah welcome uh, online none other than the honorable mufti abdul qadir hussein assalamu alaikum mufti wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh barakallahu feekum my brother muhammad zain mashallah how's the honorable mufti keeping alhamdulillah everything well hope everything is okay your side inshallah. alhamdulillah alhamdulillah mufti we go straight to our, our very first question this evening it says mufti if a husband passes away and the wife doesn't carry out her idda like she's supposed to what effect does it have on the deceased and his rewards or his punishment mufti بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد all praise due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of the universe peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam first and foremost we must understand when the husband passes away then the iddat period is arba'ata ashurin wa asharah, four months and ten days, which means 130 days from time of death, and that is compulsory. Here there is hukukullah, the right of all Allah involved, and hukukulibad, the right of the deceased husband. And when that wife does not fulfill that iddah, so it is considered a major, major sin, if the husband himself told her during his lifetime that she don't have to worry and observe the idda, then he will be guilty, Allah forbid, and punished. They know if Allah Ta'ala forgives him is a different matter. But if he told his wife that no, you must go into idda and so forth, and then she violated the laws, then there is no sin upon him. The sin will only be upon the lady who violated the laws of idda. Shukran Mufti, on to our next question. It says, Mufti, I'm using the new contraceptive that they put in your arm. It's been six months now and I'm still bleeding. Can I make my salah, read my Quran and fast? Remember, there are three issues here. Your salat and fasting, all that you have to do, unless you are sure that it is your menses, then obviously <coughs> there is no salat and no fasting and qaza for the fasting will be compulsory. However, regarding that patch or whatever you have put on, if the water goes through there, then it is fine. Your gusal and everything, your wudu, depending where they put it, will be valid. But remember, if it is waterproof and the water does not go through, then your wudu, if, for example, they put it, say, by your hand or somewhere where you have to make wudu, or your gusal, which you have to bath, and the water doesn't go through, then that also will not be valid. So you have to remove it and look for some other alternative. And the other times you are bleeding, sister, that is considered istihada. Istihada means it's a sign of illness, sickness. You continue with your salat, but for every further salat, you perform a fresh and new hudu. 
So you can indeed uh, the voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain, the program being Q&A on uh, the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Uh, just a reminder, we're not dealing with any new questions. We are only dealing with the questions that was uh, standing over from last week. But you are still welcome uh, to SMS your questions for our next program on 47913. Now, Mufti, I would like to know if it is permissible for a husband to go out uh, often without his wife, also without his wife knowing his whereabouts, Mufti? In a case like that, Allah alone knows where the husband is going, and then this will create a lot of suspicion in the wife's mind, because deliberately he doesn't want to tell the wife where he's going, so therefore this is undesirable, unacceptable, because he can say he's going to his friends, but he might be visiting some lady or something, Allah alone knows. We can't jump to conclusions, but he himself is adding fuel to the fire by not telling his wife the whereabouts. Remember, brother, Quran Karim teaches us, وَعَاشِرُوا هُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Surah 4, verse 19, treat your wives with love, equity, and justice. So this, what you are doing, is not fair to your wife, because now you are going to create the suspicion in her mind, so you must abstain from that. Shukran indeed. On to our next question, Mufti. It says, uh, Alhamdulillah, we are a couple and we've been both accredited to waiting so long and wanted to go on this wonderful journey of Hajj. However, my wife has got enough money. I don't have enough money for me. Is it permissible for me, because not knowing when we will be accredited again, to make a loan to go on this journey with my wife for Hajj, Mufti? Alhamdulillah, you are accredited to go for Hajj. May Almighty Allah take us all to the Baytullah and make us do you for Rahman and do you for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the guest of Almighty Allah and the guest of the Master Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Daily read Surah 2, verse 128. Wa arina manasikana wa tubalina inna rahim. O Allah, you show us the places of Umrah and Hajj and forgive us. MashaAllah, your wife has the financial means, you don't have. So in a case like that, a daily read two rakat salat and read ya basitu, ya basitu. And inshallah, your family members can help you also. And if somebody gives you a loan and then you pay it all back after that, inshallah, that is fine. So my advice, that do not decline it, but you go for hajj. We do not know when again your name will come out. So yes, you proceed, even if you take a loan. And inshallah, your family members will help you also, inshallah. Inshallah, shukran indeed. Next question, Mufti. How is a person's ruh withdrawn from the body? Almighty Allah Jalla wa'ala tells us and informs us in the Noble Quran, They ask you, Ya Rasulullah, regarding the soul, the ruh, the spirit, They tell them that this ruh is something to do with the command of my Allah. And of knowledge, you human beings have been given very little. Today, the greatest doctors, professors, scientists, no one knows exactly how the ruh emanates and leaves the body. But we as Muslims say that it comes out and then it leaves and then that person is declared dead. So all the details that no person will know because all Allah himself said, وَمَا أُوْتِيْتُمْ مِنَ الْإِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا 
For those of you who want to study a bit more of this topic, there is an excellent book written in Arabic, and that is known as Kitabu Ruh by Hafiz ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah. It is translated in English in a bridge translation and summarized The Journey of the Soul by Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah. So read that book, you will get some insight, but not all the details. Shukran. Uh, next question, Mufti. It says, Mufti, my son is in jail and he wants me to visit him. He was he was so many times in and out of jail. I don't know what to do anymore. Should I go and visit him? If you visit him, make sure that you give him some advice and tell him this time we are not going to put up any bail. We're going to leave you there because you don't want to listen. You are a committed criminal. Every time you're taking drugs or every time you are doing some wrong, Allah forbid. So therefore, we're going to leave you, but you are our son. Yes, we will keep contact with you, but we will not allow and say that they must leave you now and, you know, treat you with leniency because you don't want to listen. Sometime, my dear mother, dear father, you must be cruel to be kind. When you study the punishment in Islam, that is the reason it is. People say it is very harsh. Nay, one, two people will experience that punishment, but the remainder of society will remain safe. So that is my advice, that to teach your son that lesson, so leave him there as long as possible, and then, inshallah, he will come out properly straight now. Shukran Mufti, uh, the next SMS reads as follows. It says, previously Mufti have mentioned that born out of wedlock as illegitimate. Um, can Mufti please uh, clarify, does uh, illegitimate refer to being born out of wedlock or conceived out of wedlock? We don't have to get involved in the semantics in this case here. In Islam, when a baby is born out of wedlock, so that child is called Waladu Zina. So in colloquial English, the word is be. We don't use that word in the, over the airwaves and so forth. So we use the other term, which has a bit more respect to it, and we say illegitimate child. So whether it was before the wedlock, before the wedding, or whether it was they got married after that, but before six months and so forth, then all the scholars say that that child is illegitimate. So in that case, the illegitimate will mean that the child's lineage is not going to the father, but is going to the mother. So all these type of children in Islamic terminology, waladu zina, and in crude English, the B word, and in proper English, the illegitimate child. Shukran, indeed, the voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain, uh, the program Q&A here on 91.3 FM. We're going to break down for Maghrib, Mufti, inshallah. We will chat again after Maghrib. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo.
Welcome back to the Airways of uh, the Voice of the Cave, 91.3 FM. You are with myself, Mohammed Zain Machita, on the line. Once again, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein answering all of your questions. A reminder that we are indeed not dealing with the new SMSs, questions that we have received with this evening. Rather, we are only dealing with the questions that were left over from our previous program last week, inshallah. The new questions that you can SMS us to 47913, those questions we'll deal with in our next program. Now, going on to our next question is, could Mufti explain the ruling with with regard to the awr, when in the shower and taking a ghusl, also when taking hudu mufti? In a case like that, one is what used to happen in the olden days and what happens currently. If you know the history of Islam, they used to have public baths and places like that. So when the men would go, they could see one another. So in a case like that, they used to wear a lungi or they used to cover themselves from the navel to the knees and so forth. But nowadays, by and large, 99% of us, we will say that in a case like this, you have total privacy in your shower, in your bathroom. So if you remove all your clothes and you don't have anything on, so that is no sin. Your hudu will be valid. Your ghusl will be valid. Everything valid. The illa and the rationale and the reason is kashful aura. We are not allowed to expose anything of our private privates to anybody else. So in, that is why they said that we should cover ourselves. But that was in the olden days when there were public baths and so forth where other people could see us. But now, mashallah, we don't have that. So therefore, that masla and ruling will not apply. Next question, Mufti. I do my salah at work in a Toyota Quantum van, which is the normal taxis that they drive. Can I keep my shoes on because uh, the floor is sometimes a little dirty? What you can do is this. You perform your wudu there and uh, your salat. Obviously, you'll be reading there at the place of work or in the garden or whatever you. But if you say you want to keep your shoes on, so it depends what you mean. But washing your face, your hands, your massage, that is fine. But then you have to wash your feet. So remember, then you're washing the feet, you'll have to remove the shoes. You can't just make masa on the shoes and say that now that I'm read salat, then your salat will be null and void. So removing the shoes, the socks, the normal socks we wear, the nylon cotton socks, that all have to be removed and you wash your feet. Now Mufti, can a lady move house after her husband died? She's still under idda. If the lady's husband has passed away and now she has to make her idda and observe her idda in the same place where she was living with the husband, but if that place is dangerous, nowadays there's so much crime and crooks and what have you, so if because of security reasons she moves, for example, to another place, her son's place or daughter's place or brother's place, so then it would be permissible, no problem. This question from a lady, it says, My job often requires me to shake hands, and sometimes men get offended if I don't shake hands. Then they think I'm being strange. I'm, a very, I'm very conscious of the image that they get of Islam. What can I do? How can I explain to them why it's not permissible for Muslim women to shake hands with strange men? In Islam, we have two verses, and you need to explain to them, the Muslim men and non-Muslim men, because some Muslim men also feel that, no, you must shake hands. So, Quran Kareem states, Wala taqrabu zina, do not even go near fornication and adultery. So, Islam, when it solves the problem, it solves it from the roots. 
Nowadays, when they want to solve a problem, the Western world, they want to solve the problem from the fruits. For example, they have AIDS pandemic. They won't tell the people not to commit fornication adultery. They will tell them commit and take the condom. So Islam says, no, you're not going to solve the problem like that. So Islam wants there must be no physical contact with the opposite gender where they are strangers. Second one, It is purer for your heart and purer for their heart. Draw a comparison with Islam and the Western world. So there they will shake their hands, they will smile with one another, the eye contact will be there, and thereafter there will be, might be exchange of phone numbers, then there will be a date for tea, and one thing, one thing, and thereafter intimate contact. We all can understand what I'm speaking about. So therefore Islam says no. And to shake hands like that, definitely not permissible in Islam with a strange person, male or female. Next question, Mufti. To which men does Allah refer to in the Quran when He says that uh, Allah would have made that the women must bow for the men? That is not in the Quran, Sharif. Remember, it is in the Hadith of Nabi Alayhi Salatu Salam. Nabi Alayhi Salatu Salam was addressing the Sahaba and said, "If hypothetically, so if sajda was permissible, lighirillah." To anyone besides Almighty Allah, then Allah would have commanded the women to make sajda to the men. So the men there means the husband and the sajda, the wife, wife. But because in Islam, sajda is not permissible for anyone besides Almighty Allah. Ruku is not permissible for anyone besides Allah. So therefore, no one can do that and it's not permissible for any husband to tell his wife to do so. A simple example of that, oh dear listeners of Voice of the Cape, you study Salatul Janaza. Lo and behold, the mayit is placed in front. Then you have the Imam and then the congregation behind the Imam and he reads everything. There's no ruku, no sujood. To show humanity for posterity in Islam, the bowing down ruku, the sujood, the prostrating, all that is solely, only, exclusively for all Matya Allah Jalla Al-Imam Shafi'i Rahimahullah, the genius he was, he said, now Allah, we are reading the Salatul Janaza. We present to you our father, mother, brother, sister. You are the real owner and we were but temporary owners and users. So look at the lessons we learned from Janaza Salat as well. Shukran indeed, uh, the voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain, uh, the program Q&A uh, on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. As I said, you can still send us your questions via the SMS line to 47913, but we will only deal with the question in our next program. And do remember that SMSs are charged at one rand fifty. For now, what we're going to do is quickly pay the bills. When we come back, uh, we'll be in the last segment of our program Q&A. Welcome back uh, to the airways of uh, the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And of course, uh, we are into the last uh, few prog- a few minutes rather of our program Q and A. On the line, still to answer your questions, none other than uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. Mufti, the next uh, question it says uh, something that I've uh, had on Q and A before quite a few times. It says, "Do we really have aliens that exist in the galaxies, Mufti?" Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla teaches us in the starting of Surah Fatiha, "Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin." All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, provider of all the worlds. 
So we have Rabbul Insan in, in human beings, Rabbul Malaika, He is the Rabb sustainer of the angels, Rabbul Jinn of the Jinnat. How many millions of creation they are, we don't even know. The scientists do not know. They haven't discovered it. So definitely there's life everywhere. To sabbihu lahu man fi samawati wa fil ard. Those in the heavens, those in the earth, they all are singing the praises of all Allah Jalla wa Allah. But you and me, O oh human being, Quran Karim states, you don't understand their glorification of all Allah. So we call them aliens, but remember they are creation of all Allah. We with our puny little brains cannot comprehend it. Mufti, can I make dua for a nice car? Yes, you ask Allah for khair. Quran Karim teaches us Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 201. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana tawakina rabbanar. Ya Allah, give me nice car, nice wife, nice children, nice shop, nice farm. Anything that's permissible, that's fine, no problem. And then the next question, SMS from a lady, it says, Mufti will married men get punished uh, because I notice that they like to flirt with non-Muslim ladies. On top of it, uh, the neighbors ask uh, for, for a text number to text the friend Mufti. It is so wrong. Obviously, it is wrong and haram for them and they should know better they are married. And now, instead of cementing their marriage with their wives, they are flirting with other ladies and that also non-Muslim ladies, instead of giving them the message of Islam, they are giving them the message of Shaitan, giving the, uh, creating the perception and impression that Islam allows this. Obviously, all these are haram activities. So therefore, Quran Karim teaches us, وَلَا مُتَّخِذِينَ أَخْدَان وَلَا مُتَّخِذَاتِ أَخْدَان That you cannot have girlfriends and boyfriends and so forth. Islam promotes and advocates a pure and a chaste society. Mufti, an old friend of mine, uh, says the next SMS, uh, is very, very ill. It is very sad for me to see the person in the state. What do I say to this person to console him, Mufti? When you visit such a person who is very, very ill, you have to do the following three, four things. Number one is you must cheer them up and tell them you're looking much better than the last time you saw them. Second thing, give out charity. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Dawu maradakum bi sadaqa. That's the hadith in the marasil of Imam Abu Dawood. Third thing is read Surah Fatiha seven times and blow on that person there. And then it is mentioned in Bukhari Sharif. If you realize or the doctors told you this person is chronically ill, terminally ill, and it's just a matter of time, then you, the one who's visiting and you have so much love for this person, in your private moments, don't make the dua loudly so he or she can hear, but say to Almighty Allah, Allahumma in kanatil hayatu khayr allahu fahihi. Ya Allah, if life is better for this person, give life. Wa in kanatil wafatu khayr allahu fatawafahu. Ya Allah, if death is better for this person, give death. That is the dua Mustafa rahmatulil alameen sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us the ummah. Shukandir Mufti, our next SMS is as follows. I have such good memories of my late father who always loved to give. He, even if it was a one round that he had to throw in at the masjid on a Friday, but he always had something to give to people even at the door. What are some of the benefits, uh, hopefully, that I can step into his footsteps and also love giving always, Mufti? 
MashaAllah, may Almighty Allah bless your father, elevate his rank and status. So you, my son, my daughter, you need to do the same things. You make dua for your beloved parents, Surah 14, verse 41. رَبَّنَا اغْفِرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَوْمَ يَقُومُ الْحِسَابِ So you read the dua abundantly for forgiveness for yourself, for your parents and the believers. Secondly, daily or at least on a Friday to carry on the habit of your father, you give out charity. Don't worry about the quantity, one rand, two rand, five rand. Mustafa Rahmatulil Alameen Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Ittakunnar walobi shikri tamra. That fear the fire, even if it be with a portion of a date. You know a date is small, and you take a half-quarter date and give it out. So that also could be a means of salvation for us. The hadith in Mishkat Sharif, Almighty Allah states in the Noble Quran, Whatever you spend, in the minutest amount, He, Almighty Allah, will give you a better replacement. So read more about Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam and take lessons from your beloved father and in that way inshallah the good so he will receive the reward you will receive the reward and inshallah you will be an inspiration and a motivation for your beloved children as well inshallah Shukran indeed, uh, the Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussain. And of course, uh, shukran to each and every one for SMSing us uh, through your questions. Of course, we couldn't deal with new questions this evening. We well, only dealt with the questions uh, that were standing over from our previous program. But inshallah, in our next Q&A, we will be uh, uh, dealing with those questions that we received via the SMS line this evening. Uh, well, Mufti, that leaves us with about just three minutes uh, to end of uh, tonight's program with a beautiful nasikha, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, the month of Rajab has started and Almighty Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks of these sacred months where Almighty Allah speaks of the 12 lunar months. They Almighty Allah states, Minha Arba'atun Hurum, four are sacred months in the lunar calendar. Which are the four sacred months is mentioned in Bukhari Sharif by name Mustafa Rahmatulil Alameen Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Thalathun Mutawaliyat. The three are consecutive, and that is Zulqa'ada, Zulhijjah, wa Muharram, and the month of Rajab. So therefore, it is one of the sacred months. Secondly, Mustafa sallam, taught us, when the month of Rajab starts, read the dua, Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Shaban, wa balligna Ramadan. Oh, beloved Allah, grant us barakah blessing during the months of Rajab and Shaban. And spare us for the month of Ramadan, the hadith in Bayhaqi, Mishka Sharif. In Mishka Sharif, you will find it under the chapter Abwabul Jumu'ah regarding the Jumma prayer. The hadith from the muhaddisin and scholars of hadith is a weak hadith, but accepted in fadail and virtues. So, my dear brother, sister, let us start seriously now making tawbah, istighfar. Look at our beautiful country, what is happening. It seems that things are going from bad to worse, the xenophobia and so many other problems. So we all should turn more and more to Almighty Allah, prepare ourselves when we have a wedding, a function. Two, three months before time, we start the preparation. 
so the true Muslim now already starts for the preparation of Ramadan. So internally, externally, we cleanse ourselves. Internally, we clean ourselves. That is that we remove the jealousy, the pride, the rancor. But whomsoever we are not speaking, we go and make salam to them. And wherever we have debts and accounts and loans, we try and pay them. So in that way there, we made proper preparation for Ramadan. Externally, we beg all Allah for forgiveness and we make dua for our beloved South Africa and country. Allahumma aminna fi awtanina. O Almighty Allah, bring about aman, peace, tranquility and security in this beloved land of ours. O Ummat Muslimah, read abundantly. Fallahu khayrun hafidah. Wahuwa arhamu rahimin. O Allah, you are the best one to take care and guard us and protect us. Wahuwa arhamu rahimin. And He, Almighty Allah, is the most merciful one to show mercy. So in that way, inshallah, Almighty Allah protect us, our wealth, our assets, our progeny, and above all, our deen islam Barakallahu feek to you, Brother Muhammad Zain, the esteemed listeners. Make dua for us and the Ummah at large. Shukran jazeelan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mufti, jazakallah khair. Allah protect and guide you. And of course, as we understand, the Mufti is uh, going on Umrah, alhamdulillah. May Allah protect, guide you, make the journey easy. Inshallah, and grant you every single blessing there is to find in the Umrah. May Allah grant it to you and accept all your ibadah, inshallah. Shukran, Mufti. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Well, that then concludes our program uh, Q&A on uh, The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And of course, uh, I will be speaking to you again next time. I greet you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. The Voice of the Cape.